This episode contains strong language. Please use discretion. No my hearty my welcome to Alive Tonight, a podcast about the performing arts creatives breathing nightlife into the coolest little capital in the world. Tara, Wellington. Ko Emily Hope Toku Ingawa, and in this episode we are talking to Kate Spencer. Kate Spencer is a tour de force of a human. She's an award-winning poet, a performer, a podcaster, a producer, a photographer, a punster, a preacher. Basically, if it starts with P, she'll give it a go. You've probably seen her about town naked for Naked Girls Reading, clothes for the Wellington Feminist Poetry Club, Carnage Comedy, Poetry in Motion, The Queer Agenda, and in varying states of dress at other events. She's written two poetry collections, and we'll try to sell them to you. Her first solo comedy poetry show, Squirt, won a Tour Ready Award at the New Zealand Fringe Festival. She's six of Obsessed and is the go-to person for advice thanks to her podcast A Couple of Sluts and has an intimate relationship with Adult Toy Megastore. Her poetry has featured on RNZ National and Radioactive, in local Zion Salty and in other collections. Kate came over to my Mount Victoria flat and we started with some awkward hellos. Hi! <laughs> Hi Kate! Hi Emily! How are you? Oh I'm fabulous darling, yeah. how are you? Yes I'm not too bad and yes. for, um, for future reference... Today is the 9th of September. Um, I've started having to do that because sometimes the episodes come out quite a lot later. Oh, yeah. And with the whole COVID thing, things just keep changing. It's so wacky, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's like, it's so unpredictable. (laughs) Unprecedented times. (laughs) I want to go back to precedented times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Things were like predictable. That was nice. You could plan things. You could plan holidays and it would be okay. You could plan a year. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I was planning 2021 this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And going COVID dependent, obviously. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and beside each event, like I'd love to do this, COVID dependent, and this, COVID dependent. Yep, yep, oh. yep. Uh, I spent forty dollars on a twenty twenty diary last year that said a year of possibilities. Oh. <laughs> so I spent three bucks on a year planner, <laughs> just in case I have to cross everything out again. Yeah. Yep. Fucking COVID cunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just let's start with. Um, our 30 second recap of your life. Oh, she's very oh, prepared. I'm centering myself, she's, darling. Yes, she straightened her back and, and put out my boobs. Yes, and did the whole line thing in front of her eyes. Like, yes. mm, mm, focus. Focus. Love it. Okay, are we ready? Three, two, one, go. Born in the UK in 1982, even though I still say I'm 28, uh, I had a really unremarkable but lovely childhood. Mm, thereabouts uh studied theology at university worked in a prison uh inherited lots of money from my granddad when he died went traveling lived in china for three and a half years moved to new zealand five and a half years ago where i found my place on the performance scene doing performance poetry comedy comedy poetry and producing and having the best time You finished! You said time and it was time! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, that made my pussy wet. Oh. It did look like you just orgasmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sexy. proud of myself. Yes! So sexy. Excellent. Oh, 30 second Excellent. rundown. Lovely. Yeah. Um, you, you studied theology. I did. And my brain was like, oh, huh? But then I was like, oh, no, that actually makes sense. Because that's, that's basically religious studies, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian religious studies generally. And I did that because it was the 
only thing I wanted to do at university and you only had to study for six hours a week. <laughs> I was oh. like, I'm lazy. Uh, I just want to get a degree. I literally want to go to university to have the experience and I thought at that time to meet a husband not knowing quite how gay I would turn out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now I'm very involved in the church and I'm actually training to be a lay preacher. Way. So a couple of Sundays back I, I did a service focusing on women. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> what a uh, shock sh- coming from Kate's Shock horror oh. feminist what? at church. Oh. Amazing. It was great. <laughs> I got some really good feedback too. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I get I get the feeling that people um sort of exterior often view the Christian um community quite insular and also conservative. Yeah. And and like, <laughs> how do I fit in? Well, I'm just like Kate's a Christian, and she's neither of those things. So, so like, <laughs> mm, yeah. What's your experience with the Christian community in in New Zealand, or more specifically Wellington, because that's sort of where you're working currently? So the Christian community that I'm involved with is across the street from my house in Nio, uh, which is excellent planning. Uh, <laughs> just happened that way, and. They're amazing. I walked in on the first Sunday, determined that I was going to shop around for other churches and find the best fit mm-hmm. for me because, you know, I am not the conservative evangelical Christian. Uh, I am very much left wing and political and feminist and sexual and all of this other stuff. And I walked in and I had my arm in a sling because I'd injured myself in the Solomon Islands climbing up a waterfall, as you do. Good job, yep. Yeah, and uh, arm in a sling. They welcomed me with the most open arms. (laughs) Like, well, I couldn't open both of mine. Um, They were so incredibly warm. And that warmth is what what I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm. And in our church, we talk about seeing the God between us and mm. seeing the God within each of us. Mm. And cool. yeah, it's really cool. God isn't some big kind of patriarchal figure in the sky. Mm-hmm. God is each of us in every action that we do to each other and with each other. Uh, yeah, that's... And it's, that's proper, cool. it's proper community. Yeah. And it's everyone with their quirks and their disabilities and their... Uh, annoyances and the mm. things that really irritate you about people but who you are as a complete person is accepted there mm. so some of my church friends come to my shows um, some of them came to see Squirt my solo show my first solo show and I said are you sure you want to be here <laughs> and they were like yeah <laughs> we're here to support you Aww. yeah and and I do naked girls reading and I was showing a couple of the ladies at church on Monday pictures of me naked from the show. I'd crossed out my nipples for censoring. Silly censoring. It was was Facebook censorship. Yeah. Um, And they were like, oh my gosh, you're such a, such a cad or such a card or such a whatever. And they were, they were just, you know, so proud that I am doing what I love. Mm Mm-hmm. And they still listen to what I have to say in a sermon on a Sunday. You know, yeah. I can be everything that I am. And it's great. Yeah. Like, I've never felt so accepted. Yeah, you can you can be the full person that you are and know that you'll be celebrated for it. Yes. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. And shouldn't that 
be the way that everyone is treated. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. everyone should be celebrated for who they are, yeah. including their annoying quirks. And I have quite a few of those. <laughs> uh, I'm nowhere near perfect, and I don't claim to be. Mm. But I, I enjoy life, and I get so much joy from that community. As much joy as I get from the queer community in town that I go to on Friday and Saturday nights at mm. shows, mm. you know, they're, they're both family, just different kind of branches of the same one. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Your sermons. Mm. How much is your sermon style reflective of your poetry style? Okay, so <laughs> my poetry is quite saucy at times, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, have you pointed people in the, in the direction of my work or uh, do people know about what I do? Only I... the little bio that you gave oh, me. Okay, so... so everyone, for those who listeners who have no idea who Kate is, <laughs> uh, why don't you tell them about about your poetry? Oh, it is sexual and political and funny and daft, but it's it's all about getting the message across that we need to bring bring these topics that are not talked about into the light mm. so that there is open discussion about sex and sexuality. And and so people can say, oh, I have that experience. I recognise that experience. That's me in that poem. Uh, I'm go- I need to be able to talk about that. You know, so so I package it in humour and and chaotic rhyme and mm. uh, joyful delivery. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for example, Kate has poems called holy fuck i'm a squirter you had a period period poem which i think may have been the first poem i heard you do and found it hilarious um it's got the you, best joke ever in that one yeah <laughs> oh yeah my, my friend and i were repeating that joke after the show like intermittently and just having the best giggle you have poems about polyamory about um, masturbation masturbation um queerness all of these things including um so that's kind of like i feel like that's your staple and then also, your poetry has sort of moved into more, I would say, more... Overt political? Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. With, like, poems that are basically saying, like, fuck capitalism, <laughs> and um, we should legalise cannabis, and, yeah. and these kind of issues. So, pretty broad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm really proud of my kind of newly political pieces you know that are more overtly political Mm. yeah and I I felt like I needed to be more overtly political because you were feeling like you you had this stage and you had this mic and so you wanted people to hear things that could I'm not saying the, the other topics wouldn't make change but these were quite clear signals I mean we're coming up to an election in October so yeah so the the cannabis one is all about my chronic pain uh, the piece itself is called Chronic, and I've only just discovered that cannabis is useful. <laughs> Before then, Kate was like, no. I, honestly, I grew up, I actually grew up in a very politically conservative mm-hmm. household. And so I, I have unpacked so many of my preconceived ideas about what it means uh, for cannabis to be legal. Mm. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what the fuck? 
fuck? <laughs> How did I not realise this so many years ago? Yeah. And I've been using CBD oil for my pain. Uh, and yeah, I just, I wanted, I mean, I feel like I'm screaming into the void most of the time because a lot of the artistic community and the people who come to watch the shows are already there. Yeah, but what I think is helpful about poetry in particular is oftentimes there'll be a way that words are strung together or... Um, something will evoke an emotion in someone and that taps into something that they didn't realise. Mm. And they're like, oh my God, that's the way that I can explain it to my quite conservative uncle. Or like, oh my God, I should bring my dad to the show. Or, you know, um, I don't know why I just picked out men, assuming <laughs> men are more conservative. But <laughs> as, exa- as examples, you know, um, yeah, I feel like that's what's really helpful about poetry. Um, absolutely right absolutely right packaging it packaging a point in a really accessible way mm. that's what I want my poetry to do mm. and that's what I want my sermons to do as well right so I don't approach my sermons with the same level as of filth as I do my poetry sure, sure. shockingly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> makes sense but but they all have that depth of meaning behind them and that real um turning point for have you thought about it this way Mm -hmm. you know that those turns of phrase like you're talking about Mm. um and and kind of examining things from other angles and going well this is the way we've always thought about it how about we think about it like this yeah and twisting it around um so yeah it's my sermons are as political as my poetry but less filthy (laughs) cool Cool. yeah um have you always been writing poetry when uh where did your creative journey start what was the thing that sort of sparked it all off so I was always very much born for the stage darling I was talking to my mother this morning and she told me the story of when I was six being uh incredibly um over the top over the top yeah I know I was performing I was narrator for the school Christmas play and I was in the rehearsal, just going for it and giving it all this energy and and, cl- and drama and gravitas, darling. <laughs> and uh, and then the headmistress told me that it was too much and that I should dampen it down. And so by the performance the next day, I said every line without any emotion and looked at her to see if I was doing it wrong. But I've always loved being on the stage. I've always loved performing. I've always loved reading in front of people. I was always chosen to read for the class, read the story time books for Mm -hmm. the class. I was a voracious reader. I taught myself to read because I was jealous of my sister reading. Like, she's doing it. Why can't I? Mm. So words have always been a huge part of my life. I was obsessed with English grammar at school Mm -hmm. and became a... Are you allowed to say grammar Nazi anymore? Like... I don't know. Uh, well, I grammar police. Grammar police. Yeah, that's much better. Um, <laughs> Nazis are basically p- the police. <laughs> so let's just put those two together. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like linguistic ability is still like mm-hmm. in terms of of what's going to be like non-judgmental and yeah. Anyway, so I became I nitpicked at everyone's grammar and I still do. Like I still do. I fucking hate when people get it wrong on Facebook like you're and you are and they're they're there and my pet peeve is when people say there is so many people here <gasps> I'm just yeah thank you uh, mine is less and fewer like uh, I I will always pick up no few, you mean fewer <laughs> you mean fewer if it's countable right yeah you do 
Yeah. 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 Great. And it's the same thing with me. Like, um, if it's if it's an amount, it should be, or there's more than one thing, it should be there are. There are so many people here. Ugh, but you hear journalists will do it too in New Zealand. Oh. And I'm like, are you serious? Oh, God. You guys, you guys oh. should be the experts. <laughs> people need me. People <laughs> need me. Um, anyway, back to poetry. I started writing poetry. I found some when I was cleaning out my parents' house that I'd written when I was 15. Uh, and it was love poetry. Mm. Um, Toes. Straight white men pre-realizing uh-huh. pre- pre-queerization. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how life changes things! <laughs> um, and then uh, when I worked in the prison with with a friend, I would come across a sentence that I really liked, and I go, "I'm going to write a poem about that." And my colleagues started joining me, so we would write a poem about the same phrase, and then compare and contrast our poems. Mm. And oh, it's just came out given life by that (laughs) you know the words were so different he was a straight white man and I was still a straight white woman (laughs) not yeah falling in love with prisoners left and right (laughs) in my early 20s (laughs) swooning darling swooning oh you killed your father great you're very handsome it doesn't matter (laughs) um No, realising that they were whole people who had made mistakes. Yes. Um, Not just because they were hot. They were hot. Uh, (laughs) Very troubling times in my early 20s. (laughs) So you were were writing, you and your co-worker were writing poems about the same thing. About the same thing. And then I left that job to travel the world with my inheritance money and then stopped writing for a couple of years, really. Mm. Until I lived in China properly, and I woke up one night. Well, I couldn't sleep one night; I had insomnia. So I started writing a poem with rhyming couplets, and then told it to the people at church. And they were like, "Oh, that's really nice. That's really good, Kate." And then I started writing more because I was being. People were saying I was good at something. What the fuck? That's never happened before. Uh, so I kept writing, mm-hmm. and people kept saying, "Oh, you should really publish these. Or you should think about doing." more with these mm. and then I discovered a, a poetry group a, a spoken word night that expats had started uh, in a dive bar in the middle of nowhere and went to that and found my people mm. and started performing my work and going oh hello <laughs> this is nice <laughs> I like this yeah I like people enjoying my work. I like people laughing at my jokes. This is great. Mm-hmm. I got really into it. Yeah, applause yeah. is absolute. It's a drug. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did comedy last week and I got some really big laughs and I was like, <sighs> I was satisfied in my soul. Mm. It's great. Mm. It was great. And then, yeah, moved away from China, back to England, and then eventually came here five and a half years ago to be with someone. And I had to slot into their life here. So I didn't really feel like Wellington was my city until I found the poetry group. Right. Got on stage, performed my shit in my pants poem, and I do it to myself, my masturbation poem, and won a slam. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't even realise you I didn't up- even realise it was a... Sl- like, I didn't realise I was in a competitive slam. <laughs> I didn't even know what that fucking meant. Yeah. I was just like, people are scoring me. 
what's that mean? <laughs> I was like, what's that about? I'm just here to perform for you. And yeah, then then they told me I was great. And I was like, all right, oh, okay, I'll come back next month. And, and so my open mic journey began. Mm. And then my partner at the time was so unsupportive, never came out to see me at anything, but his friends did. And his friends would send like audio snippets to him while Aww. he was at home getting drunk and playing video games. Ah. Rude. Yeah. So rude. He's yeah. like, oh, it's just somewhere. So obviously that relationship ended. Yes. <laughs> for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I got I got a job that that I thought I wanted, like a proper job. Mm-hmm. Like a col- corporate office. A corporate office. White collar. White collar job. And I thought, oh, I'll just go in and be myself. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that, Emily. Don't, don't get a corporate job and be yourself, please. Please fit into a tiny little box of what we expect you to be. Thank you. Mm. Uh, right. Even on my first day, they oh. told me to consider whether it was the right place for me to work. On my first day, because I was so exuberant and excited and told people what I did. This is essentially the principal, the headmistress, being like, tone it down. Yeah. Again. Yep. All my fucking life, Ooh. people say to me, like, even my family, they say, oh, you'll never find a find a partner if you're ex mm. like this. If you are, oh, if you're too loud or too ex- out there or too wacky or too weird, you, oh, you'll never find someone. Like, mm. be yourself, but not that much. Mm. Yeah. But tone it down. Tone it down. And now, I don't have to tone it down for anyone. People have said to me, oh, if you want to be more successful in this in this realm of poetry, mm. then maybe you should stop writing just sexy stuff. You've got an image problem. You know, you, you've branded right. yourself as as this. Right. And, uh, and these people over here won't want you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, screw those people over there who don't want me. Yeah. I'm going to perform my stuff. I'm not going to turn it down for anyone. Yeah. Like, I'm going to perform my stuff and I'm going to be true to who I am mm. for once in my fucking life. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing about branding because I remember um, when I talked to George Fowler, um, he was talking about, um, you know, I don't, I don't put my hair up in this particular way because it's my brand. I do it because it feels correct. It feels like me. And I don't do these things because it's my brand. I do it because it's me. Like, yeah, trying to... The brand thing is such a commercial concept. It's commercial and capitalist. Yeah. It's it's sell your soul to be successful. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Brands don't necessarily encompass the idea that humans change and we grow and we evolve and like hello i am not the same person i was growing up yeah Uh, even though when i was 15 a 40 year old man kissed me and told me never to change which was problematic in and of itself um (laughs) what uh writing a poem about that at the moment it's gonna be called never change and how how change is necessary yeah like presented with new information i will develop my ideas about that Mm-hmm. So I've changed my, my views on sex work so much in the five and a half years that I've been living in New Zealand mm-hmm. because it's decriminalised here. Mm. And it's given me a whole new scope of vision 
for what that means. Yeah. And now some of my best friends and some of my girlfriends are sex workers. Mm. And I would never have thought that that would be the case in my yeah. early 20s. You know, yeah. I was so rigid in my view structures, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to think when I was um, a teenager that, like... I'll never change because like there's no logical reason why I should like I think the way I think and like that's fine like it's I was like well you're pretty like open-minded and liberal so like everything will be fine like I don't see it but (laughs) I remember um because I'm a vegetarian so I remember my one of my best friends from primary school and high school we were have been friends for a long time I told her that I was vegetarian and she kind of did this like massive double take and was like, what? You were so like, I'm a girl and I eat steak (laughs) when I was in high school. And it's just like, oh yeah. Oh no, what? I changed? Yeah. How the heck does that happen? You learn new information. You're like, oh wow, the planet, the climate. Ooh, let's amend my behavior yeah yeah so i mean i didn't even know the word patriarchy until i came to wellington you know i wasn't i always thought i was i never thought i was a feminist you know and now i i I identify as a very staunch feminist not a trans exclusionary radical one i'm very much very much all about the not one of those trans women are women Mm -hmm. um yep yeah. Say it one more time. Trans women are women. Trans everyone. women are women. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, <laughs> and trans men are men. Yep. And non-binary people are non-binary and can be whatever the fuck they want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Black Lives Matter. Oh, most fucking definitely. Yep. And Brown Lives Matter. And indigenous people are indigenous regardless of if you have access to your language if you have access to your ancestral lands you are indigenous decolonize your fucking mind people yeah 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 that, that's been a lot of work for me as well mm. um living here uh learning about the maori struggles and learning so much of what we fuckers did yeah well th- that's something when i went on my exchange to uk um i wore ponamu and I had to explain what Ponamu was and how it's something that can only be gifted to you and how important it is and um, and it's coming from Māori culture and no one in my class had any idea. And I'm like, how do you not know about your own colonies? And, and we are cultures? not taught yeah. that we are viciously ravaging people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, I was astounded. I would have thought that the British, the British Empire. The British Empire! Would therefore be experts in the British Empire. Three fifths or something. Yeah. Did we have three? Owned. Like, owned in inverted commas, three fifths of the world. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. That's gross. Yeah. Um, just mm. people are products and profit and not people, you know? Yeah. Not. They are the savages. So I think, like, oh my god, one of I, I was doing a crossword puzzle because I'm an old nana, and one of the crossword clues was indigenous peoples, and the answer was savages. <gasps> and I was just, yeah, Ooh. that was my reaction too. Did you write a letter to the paper? Oh, uh, it wasn't in a paper. It was in a, in oh, a crossword. In a- Book, oh, book, but oh, okay. I do think I should write a letter to the publishers. Yeah, um, just because be like, this is not this is not okay. This is not the way it's done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, shit like that. that 
yeah, as white people who have the privilege, we need to take action on yeah. things like that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Thank you. Ooh. I will go home and find the book and then write to the publishers. Definitely. It's one one s- step closer to, <laughs> you know, a beautiful, better world. Oh. Um, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in saying that, um, like, we, we digress, but also poetry is... I find poetry is very much non-fiction, so it's relating to very real aspects of life, um, personally and politically. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that uh, all just gets channeled into your work, right? It does. I'm working on a poem. I'm working. I say uh, when I say I'm working on a poem, it mm. means I've done some work on it, and I'll come back to it at some point in the future. Right. But I'm working on a poem called "I Am an Immigrant," mm-hmm. um, but I am white of face and have privilege and am called an expat yeah and i think we need to think about why we do that yeah why the linguistics are still the the white is dominant yeah and that refugees and immigrants from other cultures that are not from the colonial lands Mm -hmm. are not called expats or are not called you know yeah something else yeah rather than this this package yeah. Um, and this kind of, you are this thing, and therefore that defines you. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No, I'm, not, I'm not happy about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so that poem yeah. is going to be about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's an amazing um, podcast um, by RNZ called Conversations with My Immigrant Parents. Oh. Um, it's, it's a great series, and um, one of the episodes is a couple who is white, like the... the the immigrant parents, um, I think the mother at least, um, is, came from, I want to say Holland or the Netherlands. Mm. Um, so she's an immigrant, but she's white. And her experience um, and her partner's experience are just so different to both to each other and to other episodes that you listen to yeah, in the series. Yeah, of course they would be. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, it's so interesting. And, and she constantly has to tell people, yeah, I'm an immigrant. Like you have to... You have to realize that while I basically have a Kiwi accent and I am white presenting, um, I'm still an immigrant and mm. that doesn't exclude me from any of these conversations that are happening um, yep. about immigration and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm. I've been here almost long enough to be going for my citizenship Ooh. hopefully next year. So that's on the big list for 2021. Yes. Hopefully. In the, in got, the $3 got... diary. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my dates correct, yeah. Um, which I probably haven't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to become a citizen of this fair isle. These fair isles. There are multiple islands. Mm, yes. Archipelago. <laughs> mm, that's a lovely word. <laughs> Just trip off the tongue, darling. Does that mean collection of islands? Yes. Ah! I love it! <laughs> learning! I love learning words. It's great. <laughs> I am your wordsmith queen, darling. Yes. Well, let's talk about that. How do you... Can you talk about your process in poetry? Like, how do you write a poem? Uh, So I have two processes. Mm -hmm. One is that I am feeling some very big feelings and I need to get them out. Mm -hmm. And my pen hits the page, I write, and it's done. Mm -hmm. Uh, It might need some tweaking, but it's basically fully formed. And that can be very short, or it can be a couple of pages, or it can be longer. And then there's my more performance-based pieces that I want to really 
give their due and really think about. Mm. So I, I generally start with a title at the top of the page, then I write the alphabet underneath, because I'm a weirdo and don't know the alphabet still. Um, <laughs> I do know the alphabet, but it's much easier, because what I then do is write down keywords and key links to those words, mm-hmm. and then and then write their rhymes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and then pick out the best of those rhymes that I think would work in a sequence of words. Mm-hmm. Maybe write some sentences, and then I've got a two or three pages of words and rhymes and ideas and kind of things happening that I can then translate into a first draft. And connect, connect everything together, mm. and then edit that slightly into a final, maybe not final, but third draft, mm-hmm. which is then the one that I will perform. Right. And if it goes well, then I'll go. Oh, that that went well. That's nice. Or if it needs some tweaking, I can go. I can go back to it and go. Okay, that that didn't work so well. Speaking it out loud, it, it can come around here and and this needs to flow better and I've got some really great um friends who give me really constructive criticism when they hear my poetry uh Tans Hood for example mm-hmm. um, oh, amazing yeah she she is a lickety split poet she's yeah. all about the fast rhymes oh, and the fast I love her stuff it's it's almost like listening like Tans Hood's work is almost like listening to songs but it's just words yeah it's yeah. got such a beat and it's such a rhythm. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't work to the same beat and rhythm like no. Tans does because I'm because you're you. I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit different. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really respect her opinion. So mm. if she says, "Oh, you need to do X, or it would be better if you had this, or you need more emphasis here," mm-hmm. then I will fucking listen to her. Right. And and then I'll, I'll perform it again at another night and be like, oh yeah, that that yeah, I see what yes, I see what you've done there. Yes, yeah. thank you for that, Tans. Yeah, so it's a it's a big old process, mm. and I've got hundreds of unwritten, finished, unfinished poems. And through the like when the lockdown happened, I was like, I'm determined to finish all the unfinished poems. And then I didn't. <laughs> I was like, mm. fuck you, lockdown. Yeah. What, what did you do instead? Because when lockdown happened for me, I was excited. I did a little happy dance. And I was like, yes, going to get so much writing done. It's the perfect time. And then like lockdown just increasingly happened. And none of those things that I had planned for were happening. And I was like, oh, it's because my whole life outside of this is gone. So I only have this now, and it's not enough. Yeah, I was in a similar position, because I'd had a really good February, March. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd been to Auckland Fringe, come back to Wellington Fringe, done my second solo show, uh, been in three other shows, was planning on going to the South Island, and then it all just went kaput. I lost everything. Mm -hmm. Like, the theatres closed before anything else did, uh, and I was bereft Mm. I was absolutely bereft and I grieved I spent a lot a lot of time grieving those first couple of weeks Mm. I was like I was I was in a lot of pain emotionally Mm. because I had been working so hard and I was ready to keep 
keep that momentum. And you had that diary that said 2020, a year of possibilities, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I think everyone, at, there were so many engagements um, in the summer of, of 2020 for that very reason. I think it was, it's like quite a, an establishing date. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like... We're not in the 2010s anymore. It's this the 2020s. A, we get to make a new... It's a new decade. Whole new decade. Like, amazing. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I couldn't write. I I physically, emotionally, spiritually couldn't write. Nothing was coming out of me. And so I started taking pictures instead. I got my camera out and I started doing photography and posted a picture a day on Facebook and... People liked it and they said, oh, we'd love some poems too. And I was like, (laughs) later. Uh, But I I went for walks around my my area, my local area, Nio. Beautiful, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with all the native birds and nature. And I started doing a lot of macro photography and started focusing on the really little things. Yeah. And, and, Taking those pictures was the highlight of my day. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's something, literally it's something else to focus on, right? <laughs> Cunning. Yeah. 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 Quite literally, darling. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, it took me out of the need to feel like I was, I was X. I was the poet that needed to be writing poems during mm. lockdown. Mm. Because, you know, productivity is the key Mm. to a successful world mm-hmm. and and I couldn't be productive and I felt like a failure until I got my camera out and then was like I've done one thing today and it has been good and that is enough mm. that one thing is enough mm. yeah it's so interesting how often artists don't have a single a single craft you know we've often got multiple yeah so well like... I'm I'm a poet mm. A photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm an editor because mm-hmm. of my love for words. I'm oh, yes. very much used for um, editing purposes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I can spot an N dash from an M dash from a oh. mile away. Oh yeah, so, same here, honey. Same here. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, George Fowler printed off his. I printed off his book that's coming out that goes oh. to the Glitter Garden, oh. and I circled all the all the um, N dashes and told him you need an M dash, and he was like, what? What have I? I didn't know there were different ones. And I'm like, yes, darling, that's why you have me in your life. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, preacher, Mm -hmm. performer. I've started getting into comedy now, like pure stand-up. So you're a podcaster. Oh yeah, I've got my yeah, I got my podcast. A couple of sluts. I produce a lot of Hugo Girls gigs. I produce Naked Girls Reading, the Wellington Feminist Poetry Club carnage comedy and we're going to start um doing filthy fan fiction as mm. a regular show mm-hmm. as well so those i've got the literary wheelhouse um and the crazy comedy uh yeah. in the hugo girls gigs mm-hmm. and yeah i've got plans for other shows coming up i've got imaginary porno charades coming up with another group of people uh people keep approaching me saying, I want to do this show in the Fringe and I have no idea how to do it. And I go, all right then, I'm, I'm your girl. Poetry and comedy? Yeah, that's my bag. That's my bag, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not just one thing. Like, I'm never just one thing. Yeah. You know, like, like all people, 
you're never just one thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. You are a multitude of awesomeness. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a poem about it called Unresolved Dichotomy in my book. Yeah. Do you think the the need to have more than one more than one craft um, is partly to keep your brain snapping and exciting? Oh yeah, yeah, I can't see. <laughs> Yeah. Can't sit still. Can't, well, I can. I can very happily sit still. My body much prefers it when I sit still. Sure. Um, chronic joint condition, mm. aided by joints. Yeah. Um, it's it's really hard. Um, and I go to my osteopath and said I wore heels at the weekend and I did something bad. And he said, "You put me in heels one day a week, I would do something bad to myself too." Mm. You know. Mm. But yeah, I do need. I do feel the need that I need to be broad because I'm a full time artist. Yeah, I was I just need... gonna say that, like the also the yeah the monetary side, right? Yeah, well. I don't earn a huge amount, and I don't need to. Like because I I have very cheap rent and I I don't have many costs outside of that. Um, I do like to eat though. God, I like to eat. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's the little things. Mm. <laughs> good food. Bring me good food. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I need to be. I need to have a broad range of things, mm. and I also do a lot of voluntary work. So I give a lot of my time to the church because it's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have enough by being a broad well-rounded artist Mm. I suppose Mm -hmm. and producer that means I I don't have to work full-time all the time Mm. because I have so much that I want to do yeah that doesn't get paid yeah you know treasures in heaven (laughs) you know it's uh but it's so important to me to build community Mm. and I do that um in in the poetry scene as much as as in the church scene, like Wellington Feminist Poetry Club for me is all about building community. Mm. Um, so it's really, oh, it's, it's a beautiful little baby. Mm-hmm. And I want it, I'm, I'm going to grow it in 2021. I'm going to do workshops, I'm going to do podcasts, I'm going to do chat books, I'm going to do, yeah. I'm going to just expand it and make it glorious. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you also published a collection of poems. I've published two, actually. Two? Yeah, you know about Squirt. I know about Squirt. Which is my uh, collection of natural human desires. It's yes. all my sexy, sexy poetry. Sexy, raunchy. A raunchy. Um, explicit but not erotic, as one of my church people um, who bought the book said. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm pretty glad you didn't think of me erotically, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely 80-year-old man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, really, one of the most special humans to me. Yeah, but I also put together a collection of poems and prayers and photography for my church that I sell uh, there to people who who want it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that in the publishing world, so much of the profits from... If you see a book in a bookshop, you buy it, it's $25, $30, whatever it is. Just know that the author, in a traditional sense, will only see 10% of that money. If they're lucky. Yeah, because the rest goes into, a lot of it goes into distribution, a lot of it goes to the publishing house and the editors and all of that other other work. Um, I went down the self-publishing route. Yep. I wanted the book to come out at the same time as my solo show and to launch it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I just just went, 
fuck it, I'll do it myself. I don't want to wait for anyone to say yay or nay to me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I had enough money to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not cheap to do a run of 100 books when you're self-published. Yeah, and and we talked about how if if you were to do a print run with more books, it would be cheaper per book, right? Yeah, but the outlay would be greater at the beginning. Yeah. So I've sold almost 300 of my books now, which is really cool. Um, need to do another print run, which is exciting. Um, so there are almost 300 of my books out there being enjoyed by people, which mm. is super exciting. Mm. And the podcast, A Couple of Sluts, that I do with Michelle Casey is out in the world and people message me and say, thank you, this is really important, I need to hear this. Mm, mm. You know, it's it's not just sex and sexuality it's body and body positivity i live in a fat body um i've lived in a slightly less fat body <laughs> at times but i've never lived in a thin body um and so and i have my own struggles with you know my joint condition and other chronic conditions that i have mm. so yeah people people need to feel seen and heard yeah absolutely yeah squirt was also in unity books yeah yeah which is awesome how did that happen uh one of the unity booksellers well one of the workers at unity came to my show squirt bought the book took it into unity books showed the woman um who buys the books and she said we want it get it in do it let's do it so oh (laughs) my dreams come true what the fuck (laughs) like it i remember walking into unity when i first got to wellington and thinking to myself i want my book in here (laughs) it's not in there at the moment because i keep forgetting to take them in (laughs) yeah yeah and they they only order like six to ten at a time oh sure and and they sell out yeah but i actually mm, I actually lose money by having it in Unity. Yeah. Because they take a big cut. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the nature of, of book and book selling yeah. and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so so do I do I keep a few in there to be seen and yeah. then say to them, please don't sell the last one and point them in the direction of my website? Or do I just go, oh, no thanks, Unity. I'll sell maybe two or three a month through my website. Mm. Um, it's a really hard decision to make and yep. you know I've, I've got other shit to worry about <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have a PA I can't afford a PA yeah. like it'd be so nice if someone else sorted that shit out for me yeah. I am terrible at some things like I am really really bad at some organisations well you can't be 100% fabulous Kate like as much as what I know what yeah, this will be hard for you to hear but <sighs> you can't be good at everything it's okay it is okay mm. it is okay yeah i am good at i'm very good at what i'm good at yep yeah and, and i have to work hard at other things mm. and you, like i'm a i'm the, the duck with the paddling legs going i'm fine i'm fine i'm swimming it's all right and then i go home and go like what the fuck did i do oh god yeah <laughs> um but speaking of how difficult difficult times we live in and how and how hard it is generally it's the end of the world the, as we know it exactly um producing i mean we're in level two currently oh as we're fuck this. level two yeah fuck it in the ass with the <laughs> biggest dildo you can find i mean i'd probably enjoy that but 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of level two getting fucked in the ass. Yeah. Um, yeah, level two means we can have a third of the capacity that we would normally have in our venues. So we normally, Hugo Girls Gigs is normally at Fringe Bar or Ivy, and we can have 110 in level level one. Mm. Uh, or no level, as it used to be called. Yeah, just, just <laughs> life. Life. Generally. <laughs> we were allowed to have, yeah, we, capacity was 110 and we were selling out shows pretty much every weekend. Yeah, yeah. And now Fringe Bar can do 35 people because of space issues and Ivy Bar can do 55, mm. which cuts our earnings down yeah. considerably. Yeah. Uh, and means that there's less of an audience for the performers, mm. which is they have to work harder for less money. Um, and, you know, the, the audience gets a great gig, but there's not the same atmosphere with 35 as there is with 110. Yeah, definitely. You know, like the whooping and... Hu- you said earlier, we live for the laughs and, mm. and, the, and, the, and applause. the applause. Yeah. You know, try as you can. 35 people can't make the same amount of noise as 110. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really sad that people aren't seeing the art, you know, people yeah. and not in you know enough people can see what's happening out in the world, mm. and people are desperate. Like people are like, have you sold out? And like, yeah, we we sold out two weeks ago <laughs> because our capacity because is our capacity, so um, yeah. and so people are turning up on the door, disappointed that I have to turn them away, and I encourage them to buy tickets. For the the events coming up, so I had a, a trio of women come to one thing on the Friday that I was doing door for, and I had to turn them away. And then I said, "Just go online and see if there's any tickets for the show tomorrow. You'll absolutely love it." And I was doing the door for the show the next day, and they showed up, oh. and I was just, I was so happy. And they were just like, "Oh, can we get a photo with you because you're awesome?" And I'm like, literally just sitting on the door being nice to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, so why continue doing the shows? Like, why still putting them on? Because art must art, darling. The and show literally must go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't go into hiding again. I, uh, like, mm. my life is not worth living if I'm not doing what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> yeah, so in, in that instance, um, when you've got performers that still have to be paid, and, in, and with Hugo Girls gigs, you guys pay a fair wage, which really is awesome. Do. Yeah. Um, so who takes the financial cut? It's you as the producer? Producers and the business. Yeah. 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 I, you know, with a third of the audiences, you get a third of the money. Yeah. It's hard. It's tough. <laughs> Thankfully, I got some Jacinda money. Um, yeah. 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 Because I'm a freelance business person, yes. um, I had to I had to fight a bit for it. Right. Um, they were like, "No, nah, we don't know who you are. Get lost." And I'm like, "Excuse me, <laughs> I do art. Please help." Yeah. And they they did, and oh my god, it made such a difference. Mm. Um, just getting that that extra top up, so just a weight off my mind i was yeah. so distressed yeah i was so distressed because i was down to my last few hundred dollars when lockdown happened yep doesn't that show how shitty capitalism is <laughs> you, does you it s- darling <laughs> you start to feel like you want to reduce everything about your life and sort of curl up into a little ball and be like don't worry i don't exist because you don't have money 
to be able to fund yourself. Like, yeah. oh, I, I dislike that struggle so strongly. <laughs> I think that's a really cruel way to treat people. It's, it is, especially mm. as the artists are the one who are creating giving, the, giving the most. Yeah. At, at this time, like yeah. I couldn't create shit apart from photographs mm. in lockdown, mm. and there, but there were other creatives who were working so fucking hard. Mm. You know, California did the online drag shows, which were so popular. Yeah. Um, there were people still working yeah. in any way they could um, to, to have an audience. Mm. You know, there, there's still online poetry thing, readings happening, but I need I need an audience to feed off. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm an I'm a classic extrovert. I I'm like, oh, you're a person. You've got energy. Let me steal it from you. <laughs> <laughs> what's that do you have uh, energy I'll take that thank you yeah. very much and uh, you sir you have energy oh yes I will take that off <laughs> but not like not like in a steely mcsteely way yeah more in a like in an exchange way like okay. I will yeah. I will take this and I will project it back to you doubly so mm-hmm. that you feel fucking fabulous mm. yeah that's nice yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, liked, I, I like people deserve to be told and treated like they're awesome. Yeah. You know? It goes back to your, your church of, um, you know, letting people be 100% who they are and celebrating them. Yeah. And th- I mean, that's not unique to your church community. That's no. also in the drag community and yes. the community and all those oh. other places too, right? Fuck, I love the drag community. <laughs> I could never do drag myself because of my joint issues but also because i'm too fucking lazy to do my makeup for an hour or two every time i gotta go out like i am not into that shit like i don't put makeup on my face on a day-to-day basis at all ever yep so (laughs) you know this is how intrinsic makeup and femininity are so tied together which is very silly but um when i when i first met my partner's parents um, you know, I wore nice clothes and I put my nice earrings in and, and I was like feeling very cute and very like swish. And then after the fact, like a couple of days later, I was like, oh, I didn't put makeup on. Should I put makeup on? Oh no, I didn't. I, maybe I didn't look my best because I didn't have makeup on. And I was like, that's so stupid. You never wear makeup ever. If you were to suddenly change your behavior and put makeup on for this one meeting, you would not be your true authentic self. Yeah. Because that's it, not saying that makeup covers you, but just for me personally, because I don't wear makeup on a day-to-day basis, if I suddenly do it, it seems out of character. The the exception I, I give to wearing makeup is Naked Girls Reading. But that's a stage thing, right? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And my I eyebrows, love it. Yeah. Oh, my eyebrows disappear. Because it's lights. special. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a special thing for me, having my makeup done for that show. Mm. Like, oh... I looked exquisite, mm. but I look exquisite without makeup too. Yes. Like yeah. this is who I am. Yeah. And I, and I do think there's, you know, there's a importance in doing makeup for stage because, um, stage is a totally different environment. Absolutely. You're under those very harsh lights. And, and, uh, in my, in my example, my eyebrows disappear under the lights. I have no eyebrows and therefore <laughs> I have no like forehead <laughs> expressions. <laughs> 
because it can't be seen. So obviously, like, I have to make sure that I have eyebrows. <laughs> we will get a makeup artist for you for Naked Girls Reading because oh you're going to be on stage in October. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been half naked before together, haven't we? Yep. For the Bare Breasted Project. Yep. Fucking loved that. It was so good. Ugh. I still think about that project. Yeah, me and too. How, yeah, there's. it's not illegal to be topless uh, in public. Uh, should we just should we just walk down Courtney Place now mm, yeah. without without a top on? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it's a bit chilly, but <laughs> Ooh, nipples to attention. Free the free the very standy to attentiony nipples. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I I have large nipples anyway, so it's not like no one's gonna notice them. Yeah, <laughs> no matter mm. what the the level of temperature is. I love how art makes you think about your body even more because when I did burlesque and I I ordered. Uh, nipple tassels to be made for me I had to get the area of my areola areola ah the area of my areola darling I'm going to write a poem about that (laughs) Um, that's a lovely phrase but what I discovered was that my areola are not circle they're oval oh really yeah so I have to and uh, nipple tassels are circular yeah so I always had to have to do a little nip and tuck uh, when I put my nipple tassels on so I, I have to kind of like squish my areola in there oh no just, is that um, why you don't do burlesque anymore or what? oh no no <laughs> no I have um, one of the reasons why I don't do burlesque anymore is um, the constant makeup hair and makeup right and because I'm not very good at it I have to start at three uh, you know, on a Saturday, I have to start at three o'clock for an eight pm start. So it just takes time up consuming. So much of your time, and I just, I yeah, I just felt like everyone's like, oh, you get used to it the more you practice. But I never wanted to practice. It just, again, it's just not something that I like to do at all. Yeah. So I just was never. It was never going to be a thing for me. So if I could do uh, burlesque or or drag, but not have to do any makeup. Um, basically I just want to perform I just want to be on stage you mean like I do yeah like just get up and do whatever yeah yeah that'd be great yeah that'd be fun do it yeah do it get oh, into comedy I know right yeah <gasps> we digress oh no <laughs> <laughs> don't we always keep it on track woman I know uh, when we came out of lockdown the first time around, just because I want to finish on like a happy, uplifting note. Yes. When we came out of lockdown the first time round, what happened to the people going to your show? <gasps> they all came. They all came. I had full houses. And like, these were new people, right? Yep. New faces? New faces. Mm. New people who'd never seen poetry before, who came out to the Wellington Feminist Poetry Club. We had double the audience number that we would normally have. People wanted to go to shit. They were just desperate to get out. But now, like, I've had so many people since then say, I want to be part of it. Um, and it's, it's amazing. That's literally how I became part of the Wellington Feminist Poetry Club. I came to the rebranding evening where it was rebranded as Wellington Feminist Poetry Club. And I, and I came with my flatmates and we watched the show. And at the end of the show, I was like, I could do that. Yes. I got some poems. I can, I can do that. (sighs) And then I'm pretty sure I'd either hit you up or hit someone up who I knew in the community, in the group already, and being like, hi, how do I get involved? Brilliant. And I was on the next one. Yes. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, it's such a good platform. It really is. And yeah. and people go from there to other platforms. So I took one of my poets from Woofpook. I call it Woofpook 
Because WFPC. Wolfpack. And Wolfpack. Then, Wolfpack. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe we should have Wolfpack shirts. <gasps> oh my God, those crazy 80s wolf shirts. Oh yeah. We should all have... <clears throat> we digress. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that look in your eye. Um, <laughs> I took I took one of my poets from Wolfpack to Carnage Comedy. And the, the audience there were not prepared... <laughs> so to speak, for the poetry that happened. It was right. comedy poetry, obviously, because right. that's the brand of Carnage's comedy. But when the audience were told that there would be a poet on stage later, they went, oh, God, not poetry. And then she ended up being one of the favourites of the night. Yeah. And I was just like, ah <laughs> Yeah. Because I think people have that, um, have still that idea that poetry is... Um, um, Dull? Yeah, well, I I wandered floatingly as a cloud, or whatever that poem is. I'm so terrible. I studied this and I can't remember it. <laughs> but you know, like the, the kind I of floated like a rain cloud above Courtney Place. <laughs> it was a time. Um, yeah, but you know that very Victorian, romantic, um, Shakespearean, yeah, the structure, the nah, the language that we don't understand, nah. um, these think, kind of things. I think a lot of the poetry on the Wolfpack stage is super accessible, mm. and it's it's such a wholesome atmosphere. It really is. People are so supportive. If people are there for the first time, they just get enveloped with love. Mm, yeah. yeah that's true it's so wonderful the the other thing about Wellington Famous Poetry Club was um, I had a friend who wrote still does writes beautiful poetry and I'm like I just feel like I am swirled in chocolate and milk and like honey and all of the beautiful sweet things from listening to your poetry you should go and be part of Wellington Famous and she goes oh no but my work's not like feminist like it's not and I'm like no 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 no. it doesn't have to have like a feminist lens it's the fact that you identify as a woman and you need a space to share this beautiful work and here is a platform absolutely right absolutely right and non-binary yes um so we have a lot of uh poets who are non-binary performing on the stage as well Mm. and they are incredibly welcome too Mm. yeah because feminism affects all of us yeah 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 and so, it is not all the poems have that feminist gaze, like you say. Mm. That uh, gaze. <laughs> Back to the gaze, woman, darling. <laughs> Let me gaze at the gaze. <laughs> I, I do. I do have a rule, poem, isn't it? I'm not allowed to sleep with the poets. Oh, that's a good rule. Yeah. 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 yeah fair enough. Yeah. Sad. Because <laughs> they're all so sexy. They are. Oh, and I'm a slut. But I'm <laughs> and not. you're just like, <laughs> pretty, but no touch. Yeah. <laughs> I touched the fishy. The, the cat, the cat made <laughs> yeah. like, I touched the fishy. No touchy to fishy. <laughs> yeah, no touchy to poets. Yeah. No. No, yeah. That's, it's, it's really important for me because actually, you know, I, I am there to kind of mentor them mm-hmm. a lot of the time as well mm. and to encourage them. And if I confuse that by being kind of overtly sexual with them yeah then then yes i mean you still are but definitely in a way that's in a uplifting. safe way yes yes definitely in a way that's uplifting and is safe and and really 
like nice and really lovely. Thank you. Um, yeah, you wanting to keep those professional boundaries comes from the fact that you're the producer and you've got this title. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I have to explain, um, oh, I'm going to see Kate. Who's that? I go, ah, oh, she's she's my poetry mum. Oh, that's oh I, my god. Yeah. Because you were like. <laughs> Because you were one of the first people who was like, who basically, yeah, just gave me like the big hug and was like, yep, let's poet, let's poetry, um, you do your work, like, let me support you, let me help you put it on stage, let me push you and make sure that you are writing new work and, and all of those things right when I um, first came and I was, yeah, interested in this, um, this world and yeah. So even though I haven't written poetry in a long time, yeah, you're still my poetry mum. Oh, you'll be my poetry mum forever. <laughs> Got all shy, yeah. Emily. <laughs> this is so nice. No, I know. Yeah, mm. I do offer my time to other poets, and I want to. I do want to see them flourish. You know, I want. I want people to to write what's in their heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because for you, poetry doesn't come from that very... I was published in a literary journal. Therefore... <laughs> no one's going to publish me, love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. it doesn't come from that, right? It's yeah. The poetry is very much that non-fiction reflection of the self-reflection of the world. Yeah. Or ways that we look at things... Um, yeah, and channeled through words. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. absolutely. And there's, there's so many people out there with lots to say. Mm. Uh, lots to channel, lots of words that need to be heard, you know, and poetry is such a good way to do it. It really is. Yeah. It's, yeah, but having that, being that supportive person, it's what I love to do best, you mm. know? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just helping other people is, I think, what I was born to do. Yeah. As well as, you know, born for the stage and born to oh, perform. Yeah. Yes. Like, alongside that is seeing other people do the mm. same mm -hmm. yeah yeah because it's building that community yeah and in a way i had one friend uh who described that art is an art unless it has an audience mm. um that was his definition of art which i thought was actually quite cool yeah and and i guess for you it's not only the art having the audience but the art also has a community yeah 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 super important I'm going to wrap up with a couple of general questions. Yeah. Um, where do you think the arts industry in New Zealand is heading in the future? And this is kind of a tricky question to answer because COVID is still quite perpetual, turbulent uh, at the moment. But yeah, what would you surmise? Um, I would say that there is a lot of hope. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to. It is so unpredictable right now. Mm -hmm. um, anything could happen. But from my ground level perspective, I see a lot of hope. Like, we are one of the few places in the world that is open enough that we can still perform. Yeah. And so we are raising up a new kind of level. Mm. 
of performance and of art in general because we can do it and there is an audience for it and mm. there is a community out there mm. so I see a lot of hope but what that looks like in in specific terms fuck me I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um what are some of the things that um you think Wellington can do better to support you in the art that you do um more mid-tier venues like oh oh what was what? that could we say uh, more mid-tier venues oh, mid- please one more time one more, more mid-tier venues oh, i want yes. audiences of like 300 yeah rather than 110 um because i want more people to see what we do yeah and i want to expose the artists to more audience members mm. um we talked about this the other day when we were having dinner together i want more people to see the performers on stage. I want the performers to be appreciated by larger audiences. Um, I don't care that I'll get three times the money. It would it would definitely help. Uh, but it's more about more people seeing the art, more people being able to get to the really cool shit that happens in town. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then what are some of the things that you think Wellington does really well? I mean, you talked about like how this is your city now oh yeah um, yeah well it's all the things we've talked about it's it's the drag community being so fucking wonderful and loving each other and supporting each other even though there is still some issues there we'll always like people are people and Mm. they won't always get on but yeah um and then the comedy scene is is really really cool and inclusive and the poetry scene I'm Mm. I'm actually part of making that what it is Mm -hmm. and so yeah for me what Wellington does really well is community yeah Mm. and and supporting and showing showing up for shit yeah 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 Wellington's really good at showing up for shit Mm. I just want those venues so more people can show up for shit Mm -hmm. yeah Fair yeah. enough. And um, one final question, because we talked about the beautiful native flora and fauna in your Nio area. Yeah. But if you were a native bird, which bird would you be? I'd be Tui, because I'm loud as fuck and slightly annoying, <laughs> but beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me this morning, Kate, in my lounge. Oh, uh, it's been fun it's, and it's been a delight. Thank you, Kate, for just being you. Want to catch Kate in the real world? Well, here are some events you may wish to attend. The Queer Agenda on the 1st of October, 9pm at Ivy Bar. Filthy Fan Fiction on the 4th of October, 7pm at The Fringe Bar. Carnage Comedy on the 9th of October, 8pm at The Fringe Bar. A fundraiser for Binders for Trans Folk on the 10th of October, 1 to 5pm. Venue to be confirmed. Check out Facebook page Gender Minorities Aotearoa for updated information. Wellington Feminist Poetry Club, 15th of October and the 19th of November, 7.30pm at The Fringe Bar. And you can see Kate at Naked Girls Reading in which I will also be naked on the 24th of October at 8pm at the Fringe Bar and she's doing imaginary porno charades on the 30th of October 7.30pm at the Fringe Bar this woman does a lot so please go out and support to keep up with Kate you can follow her on social media she's got a Facebook Instagram and Twitter links in our show notes and she also has a website creativekate.com that's creative with an F link to her podcast a couple of sluts can also be found in our show notes 
Alive Tonight is a Hopeful production created by me, Emily Hope, with the help of Anastasia Matani-Roberts. Our original music is by Liam Reed. Our cover art is by Cosmo Bones. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at AliveTonightNZ. Hit subscribe or follow us on your favourite podcast platform. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review as this helps other listeners find us. Thanks for listening. Kia ora. Nuhu ora mai.